What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Foul Life Podcast, Foul Thoughts with yours truly, Chad Belding, brought to you by our friends at the all-powerful SCI Safari Club International, first for all hunters, not just safari hunters in Africa, Tanzania, South Africa, the Plains game, the Dangerous Five, we get it, big part of the revenue, the tourism over there, the amount of money that hunting brings in to all of the different countries on the continent of Africa is a very important undertaking and Safari Club is protecting that, but they're not just protecting that, they're protecting the rights of rabbit hunters, duck hunters, all hunters, turkey hunters, deer hunters, elk hunters, sheep hunters, pig hunters, even pig hunters on the island of Hawaii. Safari Club is out there fighting for us. They have an office in Washington, D.C., right off of Capitol Hill. They have lobbyists, they have conventions, they have tons and tons of events all across the country to raise awareness of what is going on and how important it is to vote, how important it is to keep our hunting heritage at the forefront of all of our minds. So thank you, Safari Club, for the partnership, for believing in us and all of our brands here at TFL and the Foul Life and This Life Ain't For Everybody and where the payment ends and banded and jargon and everything we have going on. We truly appreciate the support and the belief in our systems Today, I uh, was just thinking about how powerful hunting is, how therapeutic hunting is, and what it means to be a hunter. And do we really get down in the weeds and understand how fortunate and blessed we are and what a privilege this is? You've heard me talk about how we're not entitled to hunting, but it's a privilege to be able to do it. And I love being in the field and this last week and I guess weekend weekend I've been hunting the early Canada goose season the five day season in the great state of California great waterfowl state I know how they have their issues with politics but again that's why SCI and California waterfowl and other organizations are so relentless in their fight for hunters rights and freedoms and shooting rights and second amendment rights and farming rights and water rights it's going on out there it starts in california ladies and gentlemen and it moves eastward so we're, we're filming a lot in california and we're fighting the good fight out there and we're telling these stories and it was just supposed to be a simple early season canada goose hunt full body decoys we we're going to either panel blind up on the edge or ground blind i'll get more into that in some other episodes of our tips and tactics here at the foul Eye podcast but it was, you know, five, 600 big ones in this cut rice field. There's rice straw. They're coming off of a certain area in California and on a roost. And they're just, they're locked in here. We're very fortunate to have access to this place through our great friend, Rock Merlot. And it was just going to be an early season Canada goose hunt. October, you know, a lot of the early season Canada goose hunts in the Midwest, the Dakotas or Minnesota, they start like as early as August 15th. That's too hot. And it was still hot here. It was going to be a high of 98 but again, I was fired up for the first day and I, I had no idea what was getting ready to happen as far as the power of the hunt, the power of the American hunter, the power of conservation, the power of the Canada goose goes. And we met a man named Mr. Mike who has 
was diagnosed a few years ago with cancer and given a couple years to live. And that was about a year ago, I guess, not even a year ago. And just recently he felt pain in his back and went in and they found more of it and gave him less than two months to live. And to know that is, it just kicks your ass. I mean, it was, it's just so humbling and frightening and scary. And to know that you feel good, you're out here on God's earth and you, you don't think anything's wrong, but you're sick and you're, you're not, they say you're not going to make it to Christmas. And he hunted with us and he smiled and he laughed and he high fived. And he said things like, you gotta be kidding me. And I've never seen birds that close. And man, keep calling them, keep calling them, bring him back, Chad, bring him back. You guys, come on. I mean, he was excited. And I guess that that's what it's really all about that in my forties now, knowing that we're not guaranteed another day, just how special are these hunts, these experiences and, and what we get to do as a hunter. So knowing Mr. Mike and knowing how healthy he was just not very long ago to where he is now with his diagnosis, it, it saddens my heart. And it also makes me want to do more, hunt more, be in the field more, not take it for granted be with friends, be with family, be with new hunters, introduce new hunters to it and use Mr. Mike as an example of what it truly means to be a well-rounded individual that served in the military, was a fire chief, philanthropy efforts, donations, charitable efforts, giving back all the time. He's a gold donor, a gold level donor of the California Waterfowl Association, meaning that he has donated over six digits of his money to conservation efforts and political efforts and new hunter programs and egg salvage programs and youth camps and women camps for California waterfowl, CWA, check them out at calwaterfowl.org and get involved, become a member, $35 a year, bite it off and become a life member. Put that sticker on your truck. That's what Mr. Mike did. And a father, a husband, an uncle, a friend, um, a dog owner, a dog lover, uh, built his house, clear cut woods, cut wood for the winter time with a log splitter and an ax, just a real man. And it shows you that even in his seventies to see how valuable and how precious life is, he said the words, he wants to die in the duck blind. He wants to hunt every day of this season until he can't no more. And he is doing it. I watched it with my own eyes. I witnessed it and I get goosebumps, no pun intended, that the hunt is that powerful. He's got less than two months to live, ladies and gentlemen, and he's in that blind with us, calling Canada geese and flagging Canada geese and decoying Canada geese and laughing and ribbing and talking smack and drinking a cold beer after and cutting the goose breasts up and getting them ready for processing and eating lunch and, and he cooks steaks with us and he offered me a beer at his house the next day. And I got to see California view from, you know, California from his view, from his vantage point. And I learned about the man and his duck stamp collections and his duck call collections and his goose call collections and his band collections and his net collar collections and all of his patches from his fire career collection and got to meet his lovely wife and see how, you know, just how 
in love she is with this man. And it again, saddened my heart. And all we can do is go back to that feeling of being on top of the world. We don't want to feel sad. We don't want to be down, even though it's healthy to be down. This is a different level of down. This is like irreversible. And I told him we're praying for a miracle. I'm on my knees praying for a miracle. We all are that we want to be in the duck blind with him, the turkey woods next spring. We want to be fishing for him next year with him next year. And it's just, it, it just really opened my eyes that hunting is so much more powerful than pulling the trigger and watching an animal die. It is so therapeutic. And I've seen it with sick kids at St. Jude's and Ronald McDonald's house and autistic kids through Zach Brown's camp and soldiers that have been wounded in theater and handicapped in theater over protecting our freedoms and rights as, as they fight in wars overseas and take on shrapnel in the brain or lose a leg and have a prosthetic or lose an arm and, have to come back and still live life and they still want to go back over there but they tell me being in the duck blind means everything to them putting their boots back on american soil and seeing their family and their loved ones is first and foremost the most important thing but second is getting in the woods getting on a boat getting after the turkeys the deer the ducks the geese the predators the bit western big game they love the therapy it provides and that's what was going on with mr mike as I watched smile after smile come over this man's face and to hear his words. And I got to sit with him after and talk with him in an interview fashion about his life and his journey and his story. And there was lots of tears rolling down his cheeks, rolling down my cheeks, red eyes, not just from the California smoke from the wildfires, but from tears crying relentlessly about what's going on with Mr. Mike looking behind me and seeing grown men in their twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties crying like babies. As he told his story to me sitting in the P in the rice field after we had an unbelievable Canada goose hunt. It, it was humbling to say the least but it was sad to know this man has so much life to live at 79 years old and you would never guess he was 79 and that this this disease has got him in a position where he's vulnerable and he doesn't want to be vulnerable and he just wants to hunt and he told me stop and smell the roses chad told the whole group i asked him what would you tell rico merlo 16 what would you tell me 45 Pump the brakes, stop and smell the roses, take it all in. Don't take this life for granted. It's special. And then you add in the next layer of being a hunter and getting to witness God's plans of those Canada geese back flapping over your decoys and just hearing the moans and the clucks and the double clucks and the lay down gravels and everything that they're. I mean, that therapy right there provided this man a part of his day the where he forgot about all of that stuff. He forgot about the disease. He forgot about the cancer. He forgot about the diagnosis. He forgot about the radiation. He forgot about the chemo, the medications, the long nights of not being able to sleep because of the sharp pains in his upper spinal cord caused by this ravenous cancerous disease. I hate it for people that get it. That's why they have F U C K cancer, F cancer. It's scary. And it's real. It's truly real. And hunting gave this guy an outlet to forget about it for just a little bit. 
but he wasn't afraid to talk about it. He's not running from it. He's not shining away from it. He's not hiding from it. He knows it's there. He's sad. His wife is beat up over it. They're terrified. Um, you're losing your rock, everything. He sees his house. He sees his sons, his kids, his grandkids, his wife, his friends, his hunts, his dogs, the trips he has planned. This wasn't supposed to happen. He said verbatim, two years is a far cry from two months. He thought he had at least another 15, 16 months. They said you got less than two. F that. That's why this early season Canada Goose, this five-day California season, was so important. It opened my eyes. It has me so focused and so dedicated to doing more and enjoying every step of the process of this journey, these experiences, these hunt camps, these goose hunts, duck hunts, pheasant hunts, turkey hunts, fishing trips, everything that I'm humbled to be a part of. We've seen it with COVID, how things can be taken away. NWTF 2021, Nashville, Tennessee, at Gaylord Opry Center was just canceled. I've been going there every year for since 2008, and it's gone. Been going there every year for 12 years with a booth, and all out of nowhere, it just disappears into thin air because of COVID. I know we're protecting people, but it's gone. It's still five or six months out, and they're already saying that it's canceled. No concerts, no Broadway. No Leith Lofton, no Brent Cobb, no Adam Hood, no Ben, no Drew and the entire Honey Break crew, Jared Moffat and everybody there that we share the booth with, no Realtree, no Mojo, everybody that we see there, Rob Roberts, you name it, they're there. It's gone. We don't get to do it this year. That just shows you right there how it can be gone in a heartbeat. And so can life. Just vanished. You're duck hunting, goose hunting. You're done. What if it was your last hunt? That's what I've been thinking about. What if that Canada goose hunt in the early season was my last hunt? It's not, thank God. And we never know when it's going to be our last hunt. But that's what's going through my head through starting this 2020, 2021 duck and goose season. We didn't get to go to Canada. Borders are closed. I've been going to Canada every year since 2020 freaking years of saskatchewan and alberta and manitoba ontario we don't get to go we're supposed to be up there right now this time last year we had we were two days into our canada trip in alberta that's where we should be right now take them outfitters with clay and crystal charlton or over at buck paradise with grant kuypers and ian and garrett and the entire crew over there ray ray my man the cook ray ray duddy we're not there. It can be taken away, guys and girls. What if it is our last hunt? Mr. Mike showed me that it can be done. You can stay smiling. You can keep fighting. You can keep hunting. You can keep shooting. You can keep shouldering that Benelli. Keep pulling that trigger like Lee Lofton wrote in Free Bullets. I love that song written on the Arkansas River in the state of Kansas on a mallard duck hunt in probably 2009 or 10. That's how long I've been running with Lee Lofton. But what if it was your last hunt? Think about that. Those are the thoughts I'm having right now. Stop and think about what if your next one is your last one? Do you want to enjoy it? You want to be stressed? You want to be prepared? You want to be organized? You want to be happy? You want to be smiling? You want to be getting along with all your friends? You want to be optimistic and scouting hard and having a great decoy spread and a jerk string on the water or a realistic Canada goose spread in a dry field? Awesome hide, concealment, your dogs train, your callings never sounded better, dogs retrieving, geese and ducks are finishing, 
flagging's working, decoys are working, calling's working, shaking the water. Think about it. The high fives, the smiles, cooking bacon and biscuits and sandwiches and whatever you'd cook, eggs in your duck blind, this Jack Link snacks in your blind bag, pulling that lanyard out and hearing those bands clink together and then throwing that lanyard over your hooded sweatshirt if that's how you choose to hunt or over your jacket, put that hood on your head, lay that lanyard out across it and just pull it over, pull that hood down and it's time to go to work. Think about that. What if it was gone? What if it's your last one? That lanyard never got to go around your neck again. That dog never got to hand you off a big mallard greenhead or Canada goose, white cheeks. That's what I'm thinking about. Mr. Mike opened my eyes that you never know when it's going to be your last one. It's scary. We're not afraid to die, but we want to live forever. Willie Nelson, the highwayman, sang about that. I want to live forever. I'm going to cross that river. Great song. Don't even know if I remember the words, but I do want to live forever. I want to be like Les Nesbitt. I want to be like Mr. Mike. I want to be like Mr. John LaMonico hunting into my 70s, late 70s, 80s, 90s. John LaMonico turned 90 this year. I want to experience all of it. I don't want to die young like my dad did. But if I do, I want to go out knowing that I gave it my all and that I respected the animals, had compassion for the animals and the habitat and respected conservation efforts, respected what organizations like Safari Club International do for hunters. I just don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to be fake about it. I know online you could read about myself or our crew or our shows, or our brands. It's, there's, negative, there's negativity and haters out there, but I could care less. Um, I love what we've done with our brands and I don't want it to end. And I appreciate all the support that we get constantly on a daily basis. You know, you guys have seen lately that our Instagram was hacked. That was even taken from us, compromised, gone, seven years of hard work. I'm not going to say dramatically blood, sweat and tears, but it was a lot of work trying to be out of the box, unorthodox, creative and clever and witty and funny and, 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 and heartfelt and develop curiosity or anything that we were doing. We were trying to do it with a reason on our Instagram and it was taken. It was hacked gone. We have got it back, but it's not the same. We lost all 4,900 of our posts. I'm trying to get my energy back up to re and re-energize to go again. And I'm getting there but we are compromised. Mr. Mike's life was compromised because of a freaking disease, a ravenous disease that eats the body and hunting is providing therapy for him. So if you think about it, it's not about killing that duck. It's about having compassion for that duck and dispatching that duck or goose quickly and ethically and legally. It's not being so mad at him that you need to shoot over your limit. Learn it. Learn to identify, learn to call, learn to get them close, learn to finish them, learn to be a better shotgunner, learn how to shoot a cripple on the water, a cripple on the land, get them dispatched quickly and ethically, but don't make it all about that hunt. Don't make it all about that pile or those limits. Make it about the experience and the humility that comes with that. We are humbled to be American hunters. And that's what I'm thinking about because knowing how broken up Mr. Mike was during my interview and talks with him and how much he cried and how much I cried. It's all going to happen to us. Nobody makes it out of here alive. You know what I mean? You've heard that before. We all die someday. We got to respect this lifestyle 
and be humbled by it and not compromise it, not take advantage of it or the birds or the habitat or the resource respect the resource and that's what being partnered with safari club international means and that's what having thoughts before and during and after the hunt i think about hunting 24 freaking hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year it rules my world personally i merely exist in a duck's world they control my every thought, my every word, my every movement. And I'm not afraid to admit it. Maybe I do need to go to a class or a small group for it. But seeing how powerful it is and how it can bring a grown man to his knees to see Canada geese doing it right over the decoys, back flapping in and letting us create memories and write stories for future generations to read about and watch on TV. We're going to document this man's life. We got to film him hunting, setting up, sitting up, shooting, talking, delivering his message, his house, his stamp collections, his call collections, his band collections, his caller collections, learned about his career in the military and the fire and philanthropy and charitable donations and everything that he's done in his life. Looked at pictures of him elk hunting in Colorado with his son. He was a stud, still is. I don't want him to go. I want to be hunting with him for a long time, many more years. And if we can't, I'm going to think back about that Canada goose hunt in the 2020 early season, California, five days. And I got to spend two of them with this man, Mr. Mike, and I'll never forget it. And that's what I think about when I'm driving in my Ford truck, listening to Brent Cobb, sing shine on rainy day. Sing, keep them on their toes. I'm getting a little bit choked up about Mr. Mike right now. I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. Keep hunting hard, stay ethical, stay safe, introduce somebody new to it, take care of your families, your communities. Let's hope COVID's gone. Get out there and vote. We all know who we need to vote for to keep our hunting rights and heritage alive and our gun ownership and Second Amendment rights alive. Got a lot of work to do, America. Got a lot of work to do, hunters, men and women. Let's come together, drop the egos and go to work. It's time to go to work. We were put on this earth to work and to be providers. So let's do it. Let's be the ultimate provider like Mr. Mike has been. I'm thinking about you, my brother. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you, Scott. Everybody at California Waterfowl for making the hunt happen. And thank you. Thank you, Laird, and everybody, including you, Mr. Chip Honeycutt at Safari Club International, for everything you do for hunters across the country and across this great world we live in. We're humbled to be a hunter. I'm Chad Belding. That's Foul Thoughts, the Foul Life podcast brought to you by our friends at SCI, the almighty, powerful Safari Club International. Become a member right now. Get involved. Follow them on Instagram at official underscore SCI. Safari Club International, thank you all so much for listening. Tom, hit that button. This is 2 a.m. Logic. The song is called My Foul Life. Thank you all very much.